road time. Welcome to Rolanda On Demand. I love my podcast because we not only tackle the tough issues of the day, but we deal with hot topics, celebrity interviews, and information that can help you in your business or relationships. This is Rolanda On Demand. Listening to Rolanda on Demand, and I'm Rolanda Watson. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. I don't know if this subject is bothering you as much as it's bothering me, but the Washington Post did an analysis of early data and uh, checked out jurisdictions all across the country and found that the novel coronavirus appears to be affecting and killing black Americans at a disproportionately high rate compared to white Americans. Many of us are asking the question, why? And that's what we're going to deal with today. We're going to talk to Dr. Columbus Batiste. He is a cardiology interventionalist, and he's going to talk with us about why the novel coronavirus is attacking and killing so rampantly in the black community. I think it was extremely important for Idris Elba when he found out that he contracted the virus to say, listen, stop the madness, right? This whole idea that you're black and you're invincible. Now, we know the saying is that if you're black, you don't crack, right? You look great on the outside. But that don't mean on the inside, you look as great as you do on the outside. And that's the problem, is that we're predisposed internally to this predisposition towards disease settings that are there. This is so ironic to me because it wasn't that long ago where the rumor was yeah. that black folks can't get this. You don't see it. <laughs> you don't see it in Africa. <laughs> but guess what? We're not in Africa. We're in America. And what what are we looking at here when it comes to COVID and the African American community? You know, and, and that's the thing is that when we that's the beauty of social media and that's the harm in social media is that as quickly as we can spread life-changing information misinformation can be spread quickly as well that can be damaging and so what what we know is this is a pandemic it's something that is indeed sweeping across the world globally and it's impacting killing thousands of individuals and affecting hundreds of thousands at a time and so what we know in the african-american community is as it shifted from asia and all the way over to Europe and then into the United States, we're starting to see this dissemination that's happening inside of the urban settings and attacking people of African descent at greater percentage rates than other ethnic groups. So we know that this disease, and here's the thing, right? COVID virus is exposing what we kind of already know. We already know that viruses attack people who are at risk, people with high blood pressure. All right? How many of us know people with high blood pressure? All right, like our community. I mean, absolutely high blood pressure. Uh, what we call obesity, or in our community, maybe a little bit of a big bonedness. You know, um, <laughs> that it's attacking individuals with that heart disease, underlying lung could be asthma, it could be emphysema, as well as diabetes. And so, those particular diagnoses. We lead the nation in having those, and that's what we call health disparities. And so we're seeing COVID or coronavirus really attack our communities at an aggressive pace right now. And that is because of predisposed health issues like heart issues and respiratory issues and diabetes and all yes. the high blood pressure. Sadly, the things that are earmarked on our community for some reason. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So. How, I mean, you know, there's that old saying, 
I mean, we're getting the brunt of this right now, if you really think yeah. about it. There's that old saying that, you know, America catches a cold and black folks get the flu or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now it's yeah, really, absolutely. I mean, it's not only just in terms of, uh, of health um, and the COVID virus, but it's also in terms of mental health. We are really suffering in that too. And, and um, I didn't know that a lot, you know, a lot of the reasons that lead to, to mental health and depression, but homelessness, of course, is, is a big one. These are things we're learning about our community and our community is not doing well right now. What, Absolutely. What can, what can we, what, what do you, what do we do? I mean, what? Yeah. You know, you know, one of the things, one of the biggest problems that we see with the COVID virus, even as we're talking about trying to, to offset things, the first thing we heard is we need to social distance. Right. We need to spread out. We need to space out. We need to stay at home was the order that was given. So that means minimizing our public transportation, minimizing, changing our employment status, working from home. But what we find in communities of color, and this is for black and brown individuals out there, is we find that the vast majority are unable to maintain their employment by staying at home. That means that they have to get out and they're a, a larger percentage or a part of this gig economy. They have to get out and hustle. They have to get out and provide the service industry and still continue to support their their families. And so they're exposing themselves. On top of that, we know that the vast majority who utilize public transportation are African-Americans. That's right. So when we look at this, that we're in the constant exposure, then you speak to really the issue of saying, well, how can we protect ourselves, right? Well, you have to wear facial masks. You need to don respiratory gear that can protect yourself and, and protect others and use homemade, if not. And so there are issues of, of sociological issues and attachments that come with that. If someone of African descent walks in with a mask on, it might people have the perception immediately well, listen, I, come on. This is the first time in life you can wear rubber gloves, a mask, <laughs> you know, and not be considered a criminal. But, yeah. that, but but culturally, you're right. Black man walks in with a mask and some plastic gloves. Yeah, and there, we're seeing reports, anecdotal reports of these sorts of things come out where they're being monitored and, and watch and the police are kind of coming by. And so that becomes a problem when you look at the prevention on top of the lack of education. That's where programs like yours are so vitally important to reach the community and let them know. I think it was extremely important for Idris Elba when he found out that he contracted the virus to say, listen, stop the madness, mm-hmm. right? This whole idea that you're black and you're invincible. Now we know the saying is that if you're black, you don't crack, right? You look great <laughs> on the outside, but that don't mean on the inside, you look as great as you do on the outside. And that's the problem is that we're predisposed internally to this predisposition towards disease settings that are there. When we come back, I ask Dr. Patisse the tough question, is it the black community's fault? We'll talk about that. Plus, Dr. Patisse says there are some things that the community can do to better our health and save our lives. Right after this on Rolanda On Demand. By the way, I sure hope you're following me every day of the week in social media at Rolanda Watts, R-O-L-O-N-D-A-W-A-T-T-S, at Rolanda Watts. And go and check out my brand new website, Rolanda.com. And I hope you'll save your seat for my reinvention retreat. It's a free, fun-filled webinar where we talk about the inevitable change that's upon all of us, but what we can do to take the reins of change, because change can be good. So save your seat for my Rolanda's Retreat 
my free webinar coming up soon. Give me your email address and I'll send you all the information coming up. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Bold Radio, it's Rolanda. Look, I could fry air and eat it, okay? <laughs> I could eat me a fried fried sandwich. Anytime you squeezing bread over the stove to make you a sandwich, you know that's a bad eating habit. And I wouldn't get up and eat breakfast because I was too full from the night before. Laying my fat self down, wondering how come I'm having nightmares of people chasing me. And people don't realize this. When you eat late at night, you have nightmares. You have nightmares. There's more Rolanda next. Talk, listen, connect. Road time. Welcome back to Rolanda on Demand. I want to thank you so much for listening to Rolanda on Demand. I'm Rolanda Watts, and like I said, I hope you'll follow me on social media every day of the week at Rolanda Watts, R O L O N D A W A T T S, on all forms of social media. Check out my brand new website at Rolanda.com. Sign up for my reinvention retreat, a free webinar where we are going to embrace change as if it's something good. In the meantime, Dr. Columbus Batiste, my guest today here on Rolanda On Demand, who is also the division chief of cardiology at Kaiser Permanente, says that change can be good in your diet and exercise and overall approach to health too, which might be something the black community seriously needs to embrace and consider as we are being hardest hit by this coronavirus, and a lot of it, Dr. Patiz says, is because we are predisposed to so many health issues. Is it lack of health care, or is it lack of knowledge about how to take care of ourselves in healthy ways? In going forward, you talk about their ways, you know, because my first thing is, golly, Black folks are really getting it. Is it our fault that we do something? Yeah, that that's a good question. That's you know, there's a lot of conversation about that. You hear folks where they talk about, oh, well, you know what, your black people are cursed, or oh, you know, you're genetically predisposed towards this, and that's not the case. I mean, what studies have shown beyond a shadow of a doubt is yes, indeed, there are marked health disparities, so significant in terms of the level of of high blood pressure. 40% more likely of having high blood pressure than others in the community and more likely to to go untreated, uncontrolled from that. That if you're diabetic, you're more likely to die of diabetes, to get an amputation, to develop kidney failure as a result of it. That if you're an African-American man, you're more than twice as likely to die from heart disease than if you're a Caucasian. But if you're an African-American woman, you're three times as likely to die of heart disease than if you're a Caucasian woman. There's a significant issue. You're more inclined to be obese. All of these things take its toll in our community. And it's something that we characterize as is social determinants of health that it extends beyond the genetic makeup of individuals. Because if I'm truthful with you, say just came out from American Heart Association back about two months ago, they looked at the incidence or the occurrence of diabetes, of high blood pressure in, in people of African descent in Africa people of African descent in the Caribbean, and people of African descent in the United States. And guess what it showed? What? The levels rise as you move towards the United States. Of course. That is the lowest. food. It's processed. It's the nutrition, but I'm also, I believe it's the stress. I think stress too. You know, I I believe this article, I I, I read this article that was saying that, that black women who undergo prejudice and discrimination at work tend to have higher incidence of cancer 
absolutely. in your bodies. And, and Abs- all stress, what you're saying is that's part of the whole stress thing and that how it affects our health. Absolutely. That's the key is that so stress impacts everyone. When you look at financial stress, living stress, but there is a unique stressor that plagues those of African descent. It doesn't matter if you're like my mom from New Orleans and you're a bit fair skinned or if you're a little bit darker cute, we know that you're black. And so when you succumb to that and the potential for, here's the key about the the statistics. It didn't even matter if the racism was real or not. If it was just perceived racism that impacted women adversely, but not only with breast cancer, it also impacted with carotid artery stenosis. Not only carotid artery stenosis, it also impacted for coronary artery calcium and blockages that were present there. Not only that, but there's little markers on your DNA right? That predict how long you're going to be alive called telomeres. And the telomeres, the longer they are, it's reflective of your length of life lived. The shorter they are, it means that your life is not very long, right? And they find that women of African descent have shorter telomeres. Men of African descent have shorter telomeres than their their counterparts of other ethnic groups. And so there's a serious issue that's there, Right. And that what we're seeing is that this whole conundrum of stress from environmental, societal, the way in which we live, our our lack of access to walkways and the healthful eatings, living in urban environments where now you you said it, not me, but we look at processed foods. We live in these areas of food swamps. Uh, Now, food swamps, you know, people say, what is he talking about? Food swamps, food swamps are areas where you have an overabundance of fast processed foods. Now, let me know, let you know what that means. That means foods that melt in your mouth without you chewing it. Ooh. You know, we've had, yeah, those good dinner rolls, you put it in and they start to melt away right away, right? Yeah. And the foods that all of a sudden you're feeling depressed and upset one day and you go and you have a bite of whatever that favorite food is or a swallow, whatever it is, and all of a sudden you get this rush and your eyes start to roll back. <laughs> I said sugar. Right? <laughs> Um, it gets you that sugar, salt, and fat. It gets you immediately. And so those are the things that lead to this. And so now we, we're, we're living in environments where we develop these brand recognitions. I grew up in Compton. So those of you who don't know, that's the area that NWA held from, that different people, rappers uh, came from. And so I remember as a kid, I didn't even know it was called a food swamp or a food desert. I remember getting in the car with my dad and we would drive about 20 miles to go to the grocery store. Yeah. I just thought I'm for a long time, and I listen. It's just today they got a Trader Foods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the same thing. I still haven't seen it. So you you live in these areas where the food quality is poor, it's more expensive, and all around you are fast foods. You know, quick serve restaurants, and that's what leads to like this genesis of excessive disease burden mounted on top of diminished access. When you look at people of African descent. Who's less likely to have access to health insurance across the board, whether or not it's private, if it's Medicare, Medi-Cal, it's at people of African descent. What that means is now I have lack of access. That's one issue that leads to health disparity. I have an issue of mistrust because I have generational history of perhaps where things have been done that have been carried down in oral tradition that makes me concerned whether or not physicians and healthcare has my best interest in art and art. Tons of history of us. Being yes. As, as yes. Lab rats. Yes. 
So that becomes, and then when you look at the medical community, I know, I know a fair, a reasonable amount. As reasonable, I know about four or five different black cardiologists personally, and I know hundreds others less directly. But we only represent about four percent of the workforce. So when you look across the board, uh, across the, the nation the likelihood that individuals of color will see people who look like them and who can maybe relate to issues that concern them is probably not very high, right? And that's across all medical specialties. And so what that means is that we all grow up evaluating our environment. We walk out, we size ourselves up next to next person, right? Like I always joke with my wife. I tell her, um, no, nah, I'm not worried about him in the room talking to you. I'm okay with him. But that guy over there, nah, don't spend much time talking to him. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Idris Elba walk in the room, you need to walk away. I don't care what's going on. Right? That's what I tell her. We size ourselves up. And we say, how do we compare? And so we develop this thing, a degree of stereotyping, a degree of implicit bias. Mm-hmm. That we, we have this expectation that if you're tall and you're handsome, somehow you're smart and successful. Mm-hmm. That if you have this appearance or that appearance, we put certain attributes on you that may be false and misleading, right? And so, but those things translate over into our day-to-day interactions. And when we fail to recognize that, it can lend itself to us treating people less ideally, less fairly than what we otherwise should. That's really the question. That transcends race. That transcends gender. That's across the bias of something uh, across the, the base of what we call implicit bias, and we see that occurs in the healthcare industry. Well, I'm going to ask the tough question here because yeah. all of this stuff you just you just pile it up. You know, you, you think about the African American community getting so hit with the COVID, the coronavirus. Mm. Thinking we're taking a hit on mental health. We're taking a hit in economically. We're taking a hit. Yeah. In families, abuse is up in neighborhoods. I mean, it's yes. horrific. And then you think, I mean, I'm going to ask it. Let's just go here. As depressing as it is, I'm going to ask this. Yeah. We've heard all this stuff about ventilators. Yeah. And somebody's going to have to make a decision whether this person gets one or this person gets one. Um, hey, where's how would that play out? I mean, I'm, I don't mean to put you in a position, but sure. culturally and, and in, even in our socialization, doctors are our gods, you know? Yeah. You can call me by my first name, I got to call you doctor something, right? <laughs> I mean, let's be real. I mean, yeah. Yeah. the doctor said, the doctor said, we don't, you're yeah. like many gods walking around here. Where, how far will that bias go when we got to figure out who gets the ventilator or not? I mean, is this going to yeah. be rich people get it? White people get it? I mean, so no, that's a great question. And that's a huge issue that's starting to kind of be really explored right now because we know there's a shortage. So whenever there's a shortage, there's a delineation, determination of who should get it, who shouldn't, who's at best chance of, of, of improving as a result of the therapy or not. And so fortunately, what we have to hang our hats on is we have these bioethical committees inside of hospitals. Bioethical committees. Yes. So then that way we have a consortium of different individuals who specialize in ethics of it, of, of determining as far as like withdrawing care or other aspects in conjunction with family and trying to figure out the best mode of therapy. Now, At the end of the day, if I have 10 ventilators and I have 1,000 people, only 10 people are getting it. Or if I have 100 100 people and 10 ventilators, 10%, 90% are not. Now, if those 100 all need it, 
someone will feel as if they didn't receive the care that they des- they desire. Like and so that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So who makes the decision of who gets it? Do so it up- poor people, two rich people, do you even it out? Do you one <laughs> no. black, one Asian? I mean, I mean, I'm I'm being facetious here, but at the end of the day. Somebody, so, I would never want to be in that position. No, and yeah. neither do I, neither do we, to be honest with you, to that degree. Yeah. So what you end up looking at is you look at the individual who's in greatest need, who's doing the worst, who's unstable, the, who's the most unstable, right? That's the person where if they don't receive the therapy, they will die immediately. Not a projection of we need to stabilize them and they may in the future, but it's more of an issue of this person is deathly ill that unless we do something immediately, they will die in front of us. And I'll tell you, I don't care who the doctor is. None of us got into this business to watch anyone die in front of you because it's so that's against your rules. It's well, not only is it begin, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll, in all honesty, so I was talking with the, so I'm an interventional cardiologist, so I don't cut chest open, but I go through the groin, through the arm and I put stents in wire mesh and so forth to prop vessels open. But I was speaking with a vascular surgeon who actually does open the cavity and so forth. And they, they said, you know, Columbus, you, you actually see people die on the table. Now, fortunately, I haven't seen very many. He said, we don't. They make it off the table and go back to the intensive care unit and may pass after a few days despite all our efforts. And so I, what I can tell you for, as a first responder or firsthand individual taking care of someone is horrible, mm. right? It never, I, I, I don't care how many procedures I've done. Mm-hmm. Right. And at this point, it's probably around 5,000. But I remember every person who passed away, yeah. every single person. I can picture their face right now as I'm speaking to you. I can remember the conversations I had to have with their family. And that was life changing for me. That's what really was one of the many factors that put me on this springboard to say, what can we do to stop people from getting to this point? You know, there was a Tom Cruise movie years ago, The Minority Report, I believe it was called, where he would go back in time to stop a crime before it happened, right? And he would arrest the person. So I call myself the minority cop. I like to go, I go back, I want to go back in time and stop the crime before it happens. So if I can get to a person to encourage them and let them know that, listen, you can change your diet. You can change how you choose to view life. You can change how you choose to move. And the and those few, those simple words and instruction can change their future. It's been life changing from a career standpoint. All right. We're get to your plant-based diet and <laughs> in a minute. Notice I'm pushing that off. <laughs> but this is look, this is a reality check for us. So we're yes. all learning new things. This is a rebirth for it everything. Is. And um, you know, I will admit I was cooking some meatloaf and steaks <laughs> last week. And then I said, maybe this week I'll just do veggies. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Get back to that. I want to deal with your being on the front line. I, I just um I think being a news reporter for many years, you see you see things that you can't even tell people about. Uh, but and and you know, the, the news reporters are out there. You look at Chris Cuomo who's went out there, yes. he got it, you know, it's just it's yes. just something else. But on the front line, how do you deal with it? You, you're married. You have two children. You've got to go out there. You got to come back home. How do you, how are you dealing with it? And you've got all the information. I mean, yeah. how are you? Tell me what your life is like day to day with your family. 
Well, you know, it's not, I mean, it's the same as everyone else. We're dealing with stay at home. I have young teenagers who it's homeschool now. They're at home. A wife who works from home and she's kind of like, ah, can you move out? Can you go over there when you're <laughs> staying at home working? You know, so all those things. But the reality of it is it's going to work. I have this, these aha moments and I become introspective. And the way I see it is that I chose this area. So there's a huge amount of perks for being a physician and being this line of work, a healthcare provider. I have stability in terms of my employment and my income. I have the opportunity to, to really feel good taking care of patients, right? That's something that's unique in terms of just what I do as a career. And so the band down part is, is that I have to expose myself in times like this to something that could kill me. And so when I go in, the reality of it is, is that I think to myself, I literally have this conversation with myself driving in several weeks ago, is that we all are going to have to die some way, somehow, and at some point. There's a beginning and there's the end, and it's how you live in between that counts. And it's just like, I'm not going to go out whimpering and afraid and, 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 and hiding in the closet. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go out uneducated and not smart. I'm going to take every precaution that's there. I'm going to, to wash my hands. So when I go into the hospital, I wear a particular pair of scrubs. When I leave and I finish doing my work, I take those scrubs off and, and don a new pair of washed hospital scrubs. You lucky get, you have two pair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm trash bags out here. Well, I, no, I know that's protective gear. So when I get home, I take all that off. I don't go inside the house with my shoes on, with my clothes on, because we understand what? We understand that right now, the COVID virus, we know it may linger on paper goods and cardboard 24 hours, plastic up to 72 hours, and stainless steel up to two days. So we, we understand that. We understand that the importance of social distancing of three feet is, excuse me, six feet is because it can spread and linger in the air for about three feet. So six feet gives you enough spread from individuals that any projectile or close talkers who, who project when they, they speak, it won't land on you, right? right. And so having the mask with it. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. So I, that's my routine. Once I do that, I come in and I, I take a shower. And then I kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm back in with, with the folks. I have them now starting to kind of take a little bit more precaution when we get groceries, in terms of what to do in terms of that and not lay, allowing things to linger because you know what? You only get one shot in this life oh, yeah. and to protect your family. You just don't really realize how lethal this thing is. I mean, we've yes. never had, and, and you know what? And, and if something like this happened, we expected it to be something we could see like a monster or it would be a, a storm or a hurricane. This yeah. thing, you, know, you can't even see it. It's crazy. Well, <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you. So the, I've been telling people this. It's an unseen enemy. Yeah. And it's a very similarly, you never know what's brewing on the inside, inside your body anyway. So this thing called high blood pressure doesn't lend itself to symptoms. This thing called heart disease, we start to develop this before we're even 10 years of age. Mm -hmm. It lingers until it erupts and causes a major outburst. And just like the COVID virus, many people can walk around asymptomatic carrying it and have no idea. The same goes for every other disease ailment, diabetes, high blood pressure, and heart disease. Yeah. Many are walking around thinking they're okay 
doing what they do that's not aiding their health in a positive way on a day in and day out basis, right? And so I think that we all have to be very mindful and intentional in our day-to-day interactions, not just about food, but just about everything in everything. general. We are not going to be the same. And you know no. what? It's like, how nasty were we before this? Because if you <laughs> tell people to wash your hands after the bathroom, you know, Come on. And if you've got to teach people to wash their hands. Come that on. tells us how far gone we were. And hopefully that'll be some changes. You said something very interesting. We were talking earlier. You said something very interesting, that social social distancing or physical distancing as we're calling that because we're still socializing thank god but all of this distancing is actually a privilege yes absolutely it is i mean we think about it just even for myself i'm able to work from home some of the days of the week right because i'll do telephone clinic visits i'll do video visits i can read my studies my imaging and everything else remotely from home as well and so those things are privileged but not everyone has the ability to work at a distance from their primary source. And not only that, I'm fortunate enough not to live in a two-bedroom, 500-square-foot home. With, right? with your grandma. With, yes. Cousins and them. Exactly. So, yeah, I can say, go to your room, go to your room, go to your room. I'm going to go to my room. Working different shifts so they didn't have yes. to see each other so much, you know? But, but now you have families that are all one unit, are all right there together in one moment constantly. And so what that means is you may have kids where the family was financially distraught and the kids received their meal at school. That's right. right? They received breakfast and lunch at school. You have where now I have my wife. This is not the case, honey. Okay. I don't want you to think I'm talking about (laughs) you. Right. But my wife, my wife, my wife gets on my nerves. So I get my relief by going to work for eight, 10, 12 hours. That's right. But now even fighting children. Yes. Oh my God. I just, I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. Dr. Columbus, and he said, I'm in my car. I said, well, where are you going? He went, nowhere. <laughs> I'm, in my row. I'm in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. People are trying any way to kind of get that separation. So when we talk about social distancing, one of the things I encourage folks to do is, yes, we have to social distance ourselves from the public, but we also have to have boundaries within our own home if possible. Maybe, okay, this is your time over here. You're going to not be loud on the phone during this time period. Set up those things and communicate. I think that, I think two things are biggest ailments and and contributors to to conflict. Lack of communication and lack of the ability to empathize with others Uh and put ourselves in others' uh, position in that moment. And I think... That's a big thing we're learning right now. That's a good... It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. I mean, so if I don't understand the fact that, that... what my kids are going through and saying, oh, you don't have anything to worry about. I have to pay the bills and do X, Y, and Z. And I'm frustrated at them and I can't put myself in their position or in my wife's position or whatever it may be, then it's going to lead to conflict, especially when we're around each other on a regular basis. So, and then having to communicate because what's the easiest thing? I can shut down. Right, I'm not going to say anything, and I'm I'm big at doing that. My wife will say, you always like to, you always like to say, I ain't say anything. Yeah. And we gotta like, talk about it. We gotta talk yeah, about it. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't wanna talk about it anymore. I'm, I did I said my words for the day. I'm done. <laughs> they say the worst thing you can hear from your lady, honey, we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs>
Exactly. Oh, yeah. You look down and walk away and shake your head. And when we come back, Dr. Patisse reminds us that while this coronavirus and the way it's attacking the black community may be one of America's dirty little secrets, it's also a major wake-up call for the African-American community. Might some things have to change in the way we approach food, exercise, and keeping our hearts healthy? We'll be back with that and more here on Rolanda On Demand. Please follow me in social media at Rolanda Watts. And while you're listening, I would love it if you'd also subscribe and leave a rating and review if you like the show. Only if you like it, but a review would be really nice. And please go and check out my brand new website, Rolanda.com. Can you believe I actually built that website myself? Who would ever dream that at this age I could compete with a millennial nerd? (laughs) It's what isolation during coronavirus would do for you, give you some creative juice. But go check it out, Rolanda.com, and save your seat for Rolanda's reinvention retreat. It's a free, fun-filled webinar where we talk about the art of reinvention, something that's going to come in really handy in these days of change. So sign up, save your seat, so I can send you the information about Rolanda's Reinvention Retreat. In the meantime, let's get back to our show. And thank you so much for listening to Rolanda On Demand. But yeah, so there's problems when it comes to social distancing is indeed a privilege for many folks in terms of it. It was it one in five um, African-Americans, one in six uh, Latinos are able to work out of the home. The vast majority are not, um, excuse me, are able to work at home. The vast majority have to get out and, and do that, participate. And these are the people that we are thanking, that we are yes. for out the window. Yes. People like you, Dr. Batiste, and I just want to thank you so much. Okay, here's the tough conversation. All right. Plant-based diet. Ah, well, plant-based. I'm a I'm a put under the context of something yeah, I actually stole from a colleague of. Yes, most of my friends, all colors and cultures, love meat, and then I've got this faction of friends who are like, "Y'all better come on over here to plant-based." I was just talking to Jackie <laughs> Reed from uh, <laughs> uh, from she's a news reporter on television, and she uh, she's gone totally vegan-based, and she all right. put up a vegetable. She's like, "Good girl." <laughs> so I know that at least, you know, do the challenge. I think Oprah had done the challenge that at least one meal a day for a month, just do plant-based. And, you know, that kind of actually works a little bit. And okay. I understand that a plant-based diet is not only good for your health, it's good for the earth. I mean, yes. there's just so many good things about it. But what you're saying is, you know, you may laugh at this plant-based diet, say what you want, but it's going to save lives. That's what absolutely. Well, what I'm saying is that folks absolutely don't have to listen to me because I don't make money off of speaking about eating whole food plant-based or about sleeping well or about exercising or about loving one another. I make money off of putting stents inside your body. I get I make I make money off of prescribing you pills and about hitting certain markers. Right. Now, the question is, how are we going to achieve that? Now, we can achieve improving your heart function, reversing your diabetes through your lifestyle. You take ownership or you can go ahead and be enslaved continually to your habits and to now the healthcare industry through pills. 
and procedures. Now, there is a role for pills and procedures, but that should not be our first stopgap. Right. And so when I, when I speak about eating healthfully, I believe it's about this is a therapy. The question is, why are we eating? Many of us are eating. You brought up mental illness. You brought up then that infers depression and anxiety. And so what do many of us do when we're stressed out? We turn to desserts. It's a palindrome. Stress spelled backwards is desserts. And we go to, we go who? We go to our, our boyfriends or our girlfriends, Ben and Jerry, you know? <laughs> and, and we have a little party in that moment. Well, listen, when I got stressed out, I must admit, Dr. Batiste, I went to my boyfriend called Meatloaf. <laughs> See, same, same thing, right? So I, I, that was another boyfriend. <laughs> so, so, we, so what we got to do is we got to get someone to go in there and steal your heart. <laughs> we got. We got. You do. <laughs> that's right. We need. We need to have you some new. Introduce some new friends. Kale and broccoli. Right now on lockdown, the dating is hard. At least you can go get a meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I'm gonna take. Now that's the crazy part. When everyone was out there hoarding, and you saw the lines and people fighting. What they weren't fighting over were the fruits and vegetables. I know. They were not. They were fighting over the meat. They were fighting over the chicken. They were fighting over the sweets. They were not fighting over the foods that have been shown to help them do better. So here's a here's a toilet paper that's gonna take care of all that stuff they just ate. But go on. Yes, 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 yes. The craziest part of all of this business is there actually have been studies looking at individuals who added to their foods, ate fruits and vegetables servings, five plus servings of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, and looked at their responsiveness, their immune system to vaccinations and they found that individuals who both received the the vaccination had a more robust immune response when they reached the fruit servings of fruits and vegetables that were recommended so for someone like yourself i would tell you don't worry about subtraction worry about addition addition that's true so i, mean, I even, will even i've heard some great things like instead of meat being your main dish make your vegetables your main dish and just add a little piece of meat if you have to do meat i mean yes maybe that meat choice is more like fish meat as opposed to a steak or something like yeah that. well i mean i think i think it's meeting people where they're at but i think so it's like if i said to you i said rolanda all right we're gonna run a marathon you're like, I'm not running no marathon with you. <laughs> exactly, right? So, but we said, we're, we committed, we're going to run a marathon. 26.2 miles. You're not going to do that tomorrow. You're going to start off, but you're going to keep as your goal. I know my goal is 26.2 miles. So your goal, yes. So your goal is, the end point from my perspective is whole food plant-based. That doesn't mean standard American diet, vegan style, that you're having French fries and some vegan burger and vegan vegan ice cream and all this other business. I mean, real foods. So my folks are from Louisiana, right? And so in Louisiana, they grew up on red beans and rice, yeah. greens. They couldn't afford a bunch of meat. So the meat was sparse. Mm -hmm. It wasn't an issue that they had plentiful amounts of it. And so when you look at the most long-lived individuals around the world, you've heard of Blue Zones, Yes. Blue zones are the most long-lived individuals around the world. There's only one community in North America. Did you know Where that? Blue zones. Blue zones. There's one in Costa Rica. There's one in Japan. There's one um, uh, in the Mediterranean too, as well. And there's one in North America. That's a, a conglomerate of the most of most individual centurions, those who are 190 years of age and so forth, that are all alive and thriving. And the, there's only one in, in the United States. Louisiana. It's centered. No, 
Loma Linda, California, where you have a predominant amount of individuals who adhere to a whole food plant-based diet. <laughs> Seventy Evans, no? Not- a bunch of hippies is what you're saying. No. <laughs> yeah, so I'm telling you, so we know there's so much power. And what you find is that people who, number one, allow their elderly to still find purpose in life. People where they have a sense of purpose, people who are active, people who engage as far as in eating a plant-predominant diet, beans, right? Centered around beans and whole grains. It's centered around vegetables and stuff that you can actually chew, right? It's not pre-chewed for you. I told you it's not melting your mouth. It's actually chewing it. So it's so huge because it can, it can transform your body. So there's a crazy part that happens is that you're actually more bacteria DNA than you are human DNA. Did you know that? No. You didn't know that? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's true. So we so actually what have- mean? I got more bacteria in me than flesh and blood and bones. Well, your bacteria are all throughout your body. So you, I don't know if you watch, my, my wife and my kids are into movies. They love movies. So there was a movie years ago called Venom. It's a superhero movie. And so there's this alien from out of space that's searching for the right host. And the wrong host, it will kill them immediately. But in the right host, it gave them superpowers to go ahead and fight crime and do different things. And so our body is comprised of these bacteria that can be harmful to us or that can be helpful to us, that can live symbiotically or not. And so the foods we eat can stir up the bad bacteria that can cause us harm. Our emotions, when we choose to kind of hate instead of love, when we choose to sit instead of move, it can feed the back bacteria called the microbiome. Yes, right, and sugar, right? So that's the key thing is that when you eat, unfortunately, the ribeye and the meatloaf and the uh, those are going to feed the bad bacteria. I used to tell my kids, are you feeding the good guys or bad guys? I think I was feeding the bad guys like, (laughs) (laughs) at some point I got to put my mask on and go to the grocery store. I have more time to the fruit and vegetables. No, but seriously, let's, let's think that somebody who's listening to you goes, you know what? I put this off. Now we're in a freaking health crisis. My dying. I mean, I got to do something, you know, and, and in terms of being representative leaders in our communities and absolutely family homes, you can't be what you can't see. Your children don't see you eating right and doing the right thing. They can't do that either. So absolutely. What is our order? Give me, give us some marching orders. Many of us are about to get down there and go to that grocery store again. All right. Time when we shop, help us out. Well, what I want us to commit to first is I want you to be selfish, right? And so first thing I want you to do for the S in selfish is I want you to engage as far as in sleeping close to seven hours at least a night. How many hours do you sleep on that? Oh, I get my sleep in. I do. I, 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 I can tell you. Because it helps. That's huge. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You're right. And that's what it does. It kind of cleans up the brain. And we realize that our answers come up. So that S is for sleep. We need to get our sleep. It helps us. When you stay up longer, you get the hunger. You get the munchies. There's yeah. a hormone that surges called ghrelin and your hunger starts to pick up. And you start getting the munchies. When you get your sleep adequately, the leptin rises. And so you feel more satiated, more satisfied, and you're less inclined. Wait, so it's so- have to do with your hunger pangs? Yes, with your weight gain. So you're more inclined to gain weight if you're not getting your sleep. You're more inclined to have diabetes out of control if you're not getting your sleep. You're more because the stress hormones rise. You're more inclined to have high blood pressure if you're not getting your sleep. Sleep is so important. 
And what we do, we're on our iPhones, our iPads, we have technology buzzing, and we can't even seem to get rest anymore. Or you're under so much stress, there's so many voices in your head at night, you just can't even sleep. Absolutely. So that's the S in self for being selfish. The E is I want you to to exercise and move. And I actually hate the word exercise because if you're out there picking up things, you can squat. If you're pulling the weeds, you can pull and do some lat muscles. You can just go for a walk. You can choose to park further away. Obviously, I'm speaking post-COVID scenario here to some degree, but you want to engage in being active. And the E also is for being for empathizing. When you empathize and you show gratitude, it has huge benefits in terms of your mind and which translates into your body and translates to blood pressure. Hugely beneficial, right? I find that gratitude is a great healer and a great, you know, whenever I get crazy or about to get depressed or something, I just take out a pad and write down all the things I'm grateful for. And just the making of the list, it changes your physiology or for some reason it makes you happier, but it 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 does kind of break that pattern of, destruction you know it does it does so 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 much and so that's that's where the exercises for studies have shown that just by walking you're getting that 45 minutes you're boosting your immune system you actually can have the 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 killer cells and t-cells and lymphocytes they start to improve in functionality by doing it and it's not prolonged but you do it daily it adds up. And so now all of a sudden our immune system is improved. Our diabetes is improved. We all of a sudden, we get this great story. I remember walking with my daughter and she was grumpy. You know, she's 15 now. She was grumpy, had an attitude, everything else. I'm like, girl, come on. We're going to go for a walk outside, right? And, and so we go for a walk. And I said, the sun is powerful. It's like it's feeding Superman. I'm making these jokes. She's not laughing. We walk about a mile and it's not until the last quarter of a mile. She says, "Day, I guess I do feel better now. I said, that's right. You need a little bit of sunlight. Measured doses of sunlight and exercise can do wonders for your body and your mind. Yes, absolutely, right? I was doing a thing with with somebody earlier and they were doing Zumba from home and they were teaching me all how to do that. I said, I'm ready for my TikTok. But just the computer, I started sweating a little bit. Yes. Laughing. Yes. Like, okay, they're just little things we can do. Yes. Yes. That laughter is part of the L. That L for laughter, L for love are so important. There were actually studies that were done where what they did, crazy. Doctors and scientists were crazy nerds. And so they decided they were going to go ahead and put droplets a virus inside of people's nose, a virus is known to cause colds. And what they did was they measured their social contacts contacts in one study to see what's your social connection like, what's your love like in, 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 in the environment. And what they found is those who embrace more love, who have more social contacts, despite having the viral load, did not manifest symptoms of a cold or virus. What they found in another say is that people who measure their perceived stress, like we spoke about earlier for African-American women and racial discrimination, they measure their perceived stress lower, how they processed it. They did better, right? So stress is so important in how it manifests our love, the way in which we choose to love or hate. It is a decision. Right? It's a decision. I mean, I know it's a decision. After 21 years of being married, my wife has to make a choice to love me on a day in, day out basis. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. It is a decision. It's a decision. Yes, indeed, it is. I don't even know if I would do it if I were her. 
<laughs> well, but, listen, there's going to be either a lot of tighter relationships after this. Or that's right. We know they're going to be a bunch of babies. That we yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. But when, but when we get to the F in that food, that's where it's so powerful. Yeah. And that's where we know the foods we eat can really make a difference in what happens. I mean, you think of it, the highly trained athletes, the Tom Brady, who says, I want to extend my career. I need to make sure the foods I'm putting in my body, the fuel, people take better care of their cars than they do with their bodies. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So we have to be very intentional with the foods and eating. When we get the beans and lentils and things, that adds zinc to our body. That zinc helps us fight and helps our immune system and bolster our immune system, which is so important in decreasing inflammation. The green leafy vegetables are important. So what I would recommend that when a person is going to the grocery store is I would choose, start off with what, what your favorite meal is. If it's breakfast, you say, okay, can I do oatmeal now? I like oatmeal. Okay, fine. I like to have a toast. Okay, well, can we switch from a white bread over to a whole grain bread? Okay, well, then you do, are you do a whole grain bread? Can we go to a sprouted grain bread? Ah, can we do that? Can we maybe choose not to put extra oil in form of butter? Or can we switch over from butter over to an earth balance or something of that sort and then to know none of those things? Can we go ahead and decide I'm going to increase or add my fruit in the morning? You say, well, I don't like to eat. I have to go on the go. I got to get to wherever I'm going. Let's make a smoothie. Yeah. Frozen fresh, frozen vegetables. It doesn't cost, you're, you're not going to go bad. You, it's cost efficient. I buy my frozen vegetables. I buy my frozen fruit. Keep it in the freezer, frozen rice, canned sugar, and I mean, salt-free beans. I have it there. I'm ready to make a meal at any, at any angle that's there. So now I figure out what my breakfast is. And then you say, okay, well, what can I do for lunch? Oh, people love the bowl method, right? They, they go to Chipotle, go to different places. What type of rice do you want? Okay, you're going to choose. Am I going to have brown rice? Can I add quinoa to that? Okay, there you go. Or white rice. Say, what's next? Oh, what type of bean do you like? Black bean, pinto bean? Add your bean to it. I love me some pinto beans. And there just, you go. Look, for, just for you, Dr. Batiste, I'm going to take the hand <laughs> hawk out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send you a recipe. Thank I'm going to send you something for some good old... Louisiana, I need some bean recipe. Yes, yes. So you add that beans, you add in as far as your seasonings on top of it, and you just skip over the meat for this day. Skip over the meat, or if, if so, or, or, if, or if not, then just go ahead and minimize the meat. Yeah. Try it out. Try it out and test and see. You add in the lettuce, your green leafy vegetables, everything else like that, and see if it doesn't satisfy you. See if you don't have that moment in which you're feeling better. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I think one of the things I want to do for you, Rolanda, is that I want to forget about challenge you. <laughs> I, 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 wanna, I want to assist you in being the best heart version of yourself that you can be. Thank you. I want you to be, the, yes, I want you to be the epitome of the red dress. So the American Heart Association has this red dress for women. Go red for women. And you're wearing a red dress. That's why I said it. See that? It was meant to be, right? I want to help you transform your heart. Yeah. I want you to improve your chronic. I know you're probably only about about 25, but I want to improve your I heart age. More. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> I want to improve your heart age to half of that. That would be and we, right. and I we can do that. I can go back. <laughs> you can go back. You can be Benjamin Button, Mrs. Benjamin Button, and go back in time. <laughs> right? That's what we want, we want from your heart. We want that heart to improve. Right. So 
So we can do that. And it doesn't have to be all or none. It can be a progressive plan because the ultimate end goal is what's most important to you. Is it that meal or is it doing the things you love? Spending the time that you spend in your work that you love, with your family, with your friends, vacationing. Are those the things that you love? That you want to live for. Exactly. Yeah. Are we? Well, you put are we, it that way. That that's true. That is true. Yeah. You know, and I think that you know, I, I'm just looking at this whole crisis as uh, yeah. so many positive things are going to come out of it. A lot of that hatred that we had going on, the polarization, and the nasty things we had going on have kind of ceased. At least yeah. not all up in our faces much anymore. And I think that's going to change. And as we're going through rebirth and doing things new, and and a consciousness about our health. You know, I'm a, I'm, I've talked with friends. They've been trying to get me to go change. But Dr. Batiste, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to listen to you this time, I promise. And I can hear my well, friends. Like, yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, I'm going to tell you, you have more influence, not just because you're this big star and you're on TV and you're on the podcast, but I mean as a person who actually transforms their body inside because you're perfect outside. So I'm talking about inside. That's what really matters. And the fact of the story and the people you can reach through that transformation and just by them seeing you knowing that I can do it too, yeah. right? And it's not about it being expensive. I mean, because in all honesty, I mean, I would love, I've never met Oprah, but I mean, people assume she has a chef. And I was like, oh, well, that's her. She's, a, she's rich. She could do it. But so when I show people in my cooking class I teach, it's like, listen, we're going to go to 99 cent store. We're going to go to Walmart. We're going to go to Target. Let's find the fact that, yes, you can get this meal for under $10. You're going to get your frozen vegetables. You're going to get your sack of brown rice or white rice. We're going to get our beans. We're going to pop it in there, and we're going to walk away, and we're going to come back with a meal, right, that we can fold into a burrito and make it a burrito. We can put it into a bowl. We can do so many different wonderful things that can be satisfying and benefit you. And so mind, body, craziest part, so I'm, I'm that guy in the cath lab. All my, my colleagues know me. They're like, uh, talk to Batiste if you want to know about nutrition, right? <laughs> <laughs> so a nurse I work with, she told me that, um, you know, there's a phenomenal movie out there, not just because they, they had me in it for about 20 seconds called Game Changers, right? And so uh, her, her son watched Game Changers and, and he said, oh, I want to go plant-based. Can I meet Batiste or whatever else? So he came up there and he started doing it. And she said he lost 20 pounds without trying. Wow. He told her, he said, mom, he said, my mind is clear. Mm. He's in college. He was like, my mind literally is clear. Cause, and he's like, I don't know exactly why. So then my colleague who's critical of me, we always debate the statistics. He said, I decided to try and man, I'm looking for every reason, but I do feel better. Yeah. He said, man, my numbers are better. And so there's power yeah. in our choices. Well, there really is. Proof and yeah. Power. Ton, tons of proof. Yeah. Tons of proof. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, look, I told, <laughs> I told my friend the other day, I'm so excited to be trying all of these new things in my middle age. And she, she said, middle age? Exactly. How many people you know 120 years old? <laughs> <laughs> so look, I got a little time to correct you. I got a little time. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that, that this has been such a mind-blowing conversation, but a mind-blowing yes. 
era that we're in. We're learning it things that, that we didn't know. I didn't know how hard yeah. the virus was hitting us. I didn't yeah. know that mental health and depression is hurting us more than any. We are in a situation. And, and when you give me that kind of challenge, Dr. Batiste, I can't say I'll do it overnight, but I think that just like we said earlier, you've got to, you know, you can't be what you can't see. And Absolutely. each of us set an example for our families and our communities and just the conversation that I have in platforms like this. Um, somebody, the light went off. Yeah. Somebody got that light bulb that went off in this conversation and said, you know what? I'm taking my family in a whole different direction right now, right now. Next trip to the grocery store, we're, we're going to take some. Where can we go and follow your diets? And, and like, we want recipes or how to... Yeah more about the food. Where do we follow you? What can we do? I'm at, I'm the healthy heart doc. Uh, dot org. The Healthy Heart Doc dot org is the website. Um, on Instagram and on Facebook, it's Healthy Heart Doc, and then on Twitter, it's I Am Healthy Heart. And so those are like my handles on there. There's a lot of resources out there, and you know we don't have to reinvent the wheel. The the point of the matter is just trying to get out there and get started. And so what I'm going to do, and you don't even have to say yes right now. Okay, what? <laughs> What I'm going to do is I will send you my plan that transitions you very slowly through steps, baby steps leading up to the goal of where you want to get to, right? And looking for you to be able to accomplish that. So you don't have to give up the whole kit and caboodle to start, right? Not overnight because you'll have no, no. <laughs> but what we want to do is we want to we basically want to move you in the right direction and you set the own time period you may say okay you know what i will commit to getting to this point as a trial of over three months or two months or six months if you set it up the way that you want but once you commit then we go down those stages of change to get you to that point all right Right. And then, yes, yes, yes. We want the best version of you we can get. Right now, I'm looking at my jeans. If they do not fit, you must commit. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to steal that. I'll give you the quote. I'm going to steal that. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Dr. Batiste, thank you so much. You've really yes. asked us. You've given us some, some strong, hard facts to deal with. Um as America's dirty little secret has been exposed about what's happening to our community in particular. But you've given us also some real takeaways, some good takeaways, and a whole lot to think about. And another great healthcare hero to follow. We cannot, I will speak on behalf of the world, we cannot thank you enough for what you're doing. It's just amazing what you guys do in the healthcare arena. And I just want to say on behalf of myself and all of my followers and anybody with any empathy for what you guys do, thank you, thank you, thank you. And may God bless you and your family so much. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's been wonderful being on with you. Yeah, indeed. And we'll stay in touch. You're coming back on Rolanda On Demand. Yes. All right now. All right. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Batiste. All and right. Hey, guys, thank you for listening. Dr. Batiste has been great. You can follow right down there where you see all the information. We're going to put all of his information up there and you can stay in contact contact with him <laughs> and um and let's uh let's just try to stay healthy stay home 
And uh, I used I usually end my podcast by saying, "Now go out there and do something good." Even that can change. <laughs> it does. Right there at home and still do something good. Thanks so much for tuning in today. And you can follow uh, Dr. Patisse. His information is there. Follow me on all forms of social media at Rolanda Watts. That's R O L O N D A W A T T S. And um, until next time, have a great day. And before I let go, I just want to thank Wayne Lindsay for my beautiful theme music. Wayne, thank you. You can catch Wayne Lindsay at waynelindsay.com. L-I-N-S-E-Y. Waynelindsay.com. Have a great day, everybody. Now stay right home and do something good. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.